walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass, or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Shock Factor Podcast, where I, Stephen Shock, am joined by my friends, my colleagues, most importantly, my heroes, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm riding high, Stevie baby. I won a little 9U championship today as the skipper of the team, so I would say this is maybe the best I've ever felt. How about you, Jordan? Shock Factor coaching... Uh, undefeated in the last little stretch here. We did our first live stream on YouTube and Twitter on Thursday night. That was super fun. Thank you to everyone who tuned into that. You can still catch the replay on the D1 Baseball YouTube channel. Um, that uh, we recorded after Steve won his first game coaching the, of course, Cape Henle Open High School Vikings. Uh, and uh, Jake just racking up the dubs in the 9U circuit. We love to see it. I did not coach any baseball in the last week, but that also means I haven't lost any games. So still undefeated, the shock factor coaching ranks. Uh, Steve, it's great to see you. It's Sunday night. Uh, we have a lot of college baseball to talk about. I know you've been, seems like you've been getting after it this week. It seems like you've been watching a lot of college ball. I've, I've been head over heels in college baseball this weekend, which is the best kind of, best kind of orientation to watch college baseball. If, if you haven't tried it, try it. Do you turn great. your television upside down as well when you watch college baseball head over heels? No, I like to watch it in portrait mode. So, you know, it's just easier that way. So Got no it. flipping, none of that. Now, Steve, I know that, again, you know, we've been lucky enough to do some some traveling where, you know, we got to do Round Rock and then you got to go to Florida. But I, it's also nice to just be sitting on your couch and just watching as many games as possible, right? I mean, you, you can... Oh, it's really great. Yeah. You just jam them all in there <laughs> while DoorDash and McDonald's breakfast, you know? What, what could go wrong? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing could go wrong. Now, last week we began because Jake... Uh, because Sorry, because Steve was in Gainesville uh, watching Alabama, Florida. But we are going to begin with the Gators once again because they are the team that caught our attention the most to start uh, this podcast and that is because they went down to Oxford and swept the Ole Miss Rebels for the first time since 1988. 1988 was the last time Florida went to Ole Miss and won all three games. Uh, Jake, that seems good, right? Yeah, I believe that was actually Steve's eighth birthday <laughs> in 1988. He remembers that well, one of his first baseball memories. Super impressive. Every time that Jack Caglione homered again I thought I was watching like a replay of his last homer or that I was somehow mistaken that he was continuing to homer but no it was really him uh yeah Steve you I assume you watched a good chunk of this series so uh what's the out to you uh during their their three victories besides besides I mean we'll get to Jack in a second but otherwise yeah it it's just they're such a complete team. Like, I know one of the big question marks was how, how their bullpen's going to be. I know that was at least what I was wondering after watching them against Alabama. And Brandon Neely really stepped up. He had two quality saves. One of them he gave up a run, but he bared down and got, got the job done. So that's really all it is about. And having that resiliency as a pitcher is very important, and he proved that he has it. So I think he's going to be on the up and up. He hasn't really performed to his typical standards, I would say, just based on from what I've heard from Coach Sullivan and just what I've seen historically from him. But 
once he comes around, they're going to be a very hard team to beat, and it looks like he's coming around right now. So, Also huge to get Wyatt Langford back in the lineup this weekend. He had totally unexpected. It Everything that they've done over the last couple of weeks, which has been very impressive, was done without a top five, top ten pick in this year's draft in the lineup. And so I guess it does kind of make sense that once they got Langford back, I guess they, they leveled up and then went to Ole Miss and beat them three times over there. Yeah, and I feel like, yeah. I mean, Caglione, who we'll have to get to in a second, but, but as you said, like such a complete team. I know, I'm pretty sure Kendall had mentioned, like having talked to Coach O'Sullivan about like the bullpen, like what the fuck you do there. And he like, I believe he mentioned on the podcast last week, like once we get Brandon Neely back, we'll be in good shape. And that seemed to be exactly what happened. So that was very impressive. Um, and Caglione, <laughs> it's ridiculous, whatever. He's at 17 home runs now. He pitched today and walked eight. <laughs> And they still won because he only allowed two runs and he hit a homer of his own. So uh, they're doing just fine there. I mean, it's ridiculous. I know the the not that we need to get too far down the juice ball rabbit hole again. I mean, he had like seven balls in play over 110 in the doubleheader yesterday. Like shit is completely out of control. But like clearly he has insane raw power. And I don't care. Like at some point, I don't even care what the exit velos are because you have 17 home runs through however many games. You have 17 home runs. So whatever. And for him, it looks right. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. He's such an elite rotator. There was one he hit to dead center that he, like, faded the ball like a golf shot. Like, the, the ball was low and in, and he somehow, like, swung around the ball and got so much of it that it, like, faded away as it curved and hit the center field batter's eye. Well, everyone knows Swayze Field is a dog leg left that you just got to play with that gentle, <laughs> gentle fade. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just easy for him and sure, you know, the balls might be harder, but I didn't see anyone else hit seven balls over a hundred miles exactly. an hour. So that's he, the he's thing. 110, dude. incredible. He was, Steve, yeah. make a, Steve's making a great point here, which is if the balls are juiced, which they are, the, it, it doesn't make the high end less impressive. If you are hitting the most home runs in a juice ball world or the most home runs in a dead ball world, it's just as impressive. You are the best at doing the thing that you're supposed to do. So I don't want the, the bouncy ball situation right now to detract from appreciating Mr. Caglione, but let's kick it to Steve. Jordan, you have one more thing. Well, on I just this? wanted to say look- like, it doesn't seem like it's not like Ole Miss necessarily played poorly. I know the pitching was not great, but like they were, they were scoring runs too. Like they, the Ole Miss offense is good. It's not like it was a total no show. Um, but Florida is just better. Like Florida is just clearly one of the best teams in the country. So, uh, but Steve, yeah. Anything else from the series before we, uh, move on? I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the home run uh, race a little bit later on. So we can table that, but anything else on Florida as our, our top team? Uh, no, I'll, I'll save that talk for the individual cool. individuals later, cool. later on. Uh, now Steve, I do know that before we get to some other teams, let's, let's start with your official uh giblet ticklers as always who did the tickling this week a lot of options a lot of impressive sweeps um but you can't pick florida because you picked them last week so pick somebody else now this week i was just i was easy there was so much going on everybody was tickling my giblets but at the end of the day they who tickled steve's giblets the most is old dominion Hmm. now old dominion you may be thinking they only won two out of three steve they didn't sweep. Everybody else swept. Why aren't they? Why aren't the sweepers your giblet ticklers? I don't like sweepers tickling my giblets. Okay, plain and simple. That's how it is. That's how it will be. 
ODU on Saturday hit eight home runs in one game, which was a new school record for them, and that is absolutely electric stuff. Jake Tyser had three of them by himself. How how can you not be excited about that? That kid is back. He was sitting at 10 home runs for a while. Now he's at 13. I, I'm just in on them. And they currently have three guys with 10-plus home runs between Jake Tyser, Hunter Fitzgerald, and one other guy with 10-plus home runs that I don't know the name of. But I know that they exist. And that's why ODU is tickling my giblets. All right. Great. Love to hear that. Great timing on this one. As are you familiar, uh, Camden Grimes is who you're looking for, the name there for the, yeah, the there third ODU slugger. Um, Steve, uh, you know what's going on on uh, Tuesday? Tuesday afternoon, Steve, you know what's going on Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, I do. They will un- untickle my giblets on Tuesday, that's for sure. Or I'm going to go, I'm going to go to on Monday, take my giblets to the washroom, wash the giblets off, clean giblets. No one's tickling them. <laughs> That is because Old Dominion will be playing Steve's long beloved Dominion, uh, the University of Virginia, <laughs> who I guess now would be a good time to talk about the Who's, Steve. How about the Who's, man? They are good at baseball. People, people doubt me when I say that sometimes, but I want to talk about their win on Friday night because this was arguably my favorite game they've played all season. So Nick Parker starts the game. He has taken out. He gets hit with a line drive, scary scene. Hopefully he's doing all right. Um, but get well soon, Nick Parker. And Chase Hungate rolls out to the mound. He's a weird arm slot guy, transfer from VCU. And up to this point, he has not thrown in the ACC yet. He's got 4.1 total innings pitched to his name. And in relief, he goes five innings, gives up zero runs, punches out five guys, just does a really great job to keep them in the game. And then... We move on down the line to games tied where I think we're in extras. I'm not really certain at this point. I was everything was hazy. I was so excited. It was extras. And yep. Chris mm-hmm. Chris Baker walks up to the plate. It was extras, so I was not going crazy there. Now Chris Baker, you think, hey Steve, this guy's wearing 37. That's a cool number. Do you like it? Well, we're about to find out if I like him wearing 37. Um, <clears throat> he is a Division three, not transfer. He just played baseball at Division three, enrolled in UVA over the summer to get um i believe it was uh, mba and he texted coach oak and was like hey just so you know i'm on your campus like if you want me to play for you i will if not totally cool and coach oak gave him gave him the fall to try out and much like humpty dumpty he had a great fall and he just killed it he hit more home i think he hit the same amount of home runs as everybody else which was pretty good and they were like hey we'll keep you around then he had a walk-off hit to take this one from Florida State, which is just like a real rags to riches story. Not that he was in any rags, but he wasn't gonna. He was gonna be in suits, in suits to riches, because business school. Uh, that was very well done. That was honestly a smooth run of Stephen Shock saying words. Like you crushed that. That was great. That was great. A, great, a great summary. Chris Baker just got to get him out of there, though, Jordan. I mean, he, he's the closer. He's got <laughs> one true. inning worth. Yeah, he was, he was running out, running out of gas. Uh, Chris Baker, career three fifty nine hitter in his career at Washington College of Maryland. Uh, shouts out to the Centennial Conference. So he's a really good D three player, but as you said, like it's not like he fully expected to continue playing baseball. Um, and so to see him have that kind of moment was so cool. Got to talk about more about this Hungate performance. Because it's one thing to come in and give really impressive relief when your starter doesn't have it, right? 
oh, and, you know, I got to get warm. Oh, you know, you have time to get loose, long reliever, because the guys walked a bunch of guys, was giving a bunch of hits. Chase Hungate presumably was just sitting in the bullpen, right? And then suddenly it's like, hey, Chase, you're in the game. And so that not, not even in the bullpen. Yeah, those kinds of oh, situations. Sorry. Yeah, well, Steve, was he? I don't. I don't even. I don't even. Was he even in the bullpen? He probably just, no. So no. it was. It was in the first inning. They were all in the dugout right. still, <laughs> okay. and then like shit kind of hit the fan with the injury, right. and they were like, "Oh, you're in now. Um, good luck." It was like, was it like a nose game situation? <laughs> like they decided. I mean, I'm sure they know. Like they, everyone does have any an emergency long relief guy, but even the emergency long relief guy is not necessarily thinking he's going to go in one batter into the game. So or however many no. batters. So to, for him to deliver five innings under any circumstances, if he had allowed three runs, it would have been a heroic, right? But five scoreless was just fucking awesome. So, and then they go on to sweep. I mean, I know Geloff had another homer. Um, and, you know, Florida State is clearly not really feeling it right now, but UVA has been, been awesome, man. So I'm, I'm happy for you and the Hoos. Yeah, and I, I want to say one of the things I love most about Chris Baker is he kind of – is playing college baseball under the circumstances that I was anxious about as a child that it took to get into college baseball. Cause I spent most of my early childhood just petrified that I had to enroll in schools and try out for teams. And that was how the whole recruiting process works. So just to have the balls to go, you know what? I'll go to this school. If, if they want me, they want me. If not, no, I, I respect the hell out of it. So good on you, Chris. Good on you, Chris. So yeah, I'm so just you, happy that yeah. the the UVA fighting Who's have been able to rebound after Steve's departure. There was real doubt, I think, whether they would ever reach such heights again without a donkey in the stable. Um, and so, really, it's just for me more comforting than anything else that Steve will be able to sleep at night knowing that his absence is not torpedoing an entire college baseball program. And and Steve, we got to say, big stretch for this, not just the University of Virginia, but the state of Virginia, UVA's next five games, Old Dominion, three at Virginia Tech, and then at Liberty. So this is it, man. If you, if you care about, I don't know what Randolph Macon's up to, but uh, this, is, this is the week for Virginia baseball. Um, so maybe we can you know, get David Wright to come out, you know, get the Verlanders over there, like, this is a big, big time for Virginia baseball. If imagine, imagine what Steve's going to be feeling if they go five and zero here, just whooping the other Virginia schools around. Oh boy, he's going to be unbearable, and we we can't wait. Oh, I'm going to be the worst. <laughs> it, worse than you already are. Let's stay in the ACC. Quake Forest. We made jokes at the beginning of the season about their weird hashtag. Hashtag make them feel us. Make us make you. What is it? Make you make, feel make them, them feel you make them feel make them you. feel you. Yeah. Which is still weird. However, I am felt I am feeling them because they went out and swept Miami without really breaking a sweat. They allowed two runs all weekend. It was at home on their hilarious light demon Deacon tan warning track that I love at their stadium on like it, the shade looks wrong. doesn't matter. This team is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, Louder was awesome. Sean Sullivan, who's like quietly been one of the best pitchers in the country, was awesome. And then today, again, only a lot. Like the Miami offense has kind of shown some stuff, but another 4-1 victory. You got Jeb, you got Josh Hartle going six dominant innings with nine strikeouts. You know, the offense wasn't necessarily, you know, torch. Like 
clearly they were facing better pitchers than they have you know earlier in the season when they were just whooping on these bad teams um but like if the pitching is going to be this good then this team should absolutely be you know on their way to omaha like they are clearly legit and i know you're excited about that because of the pitching coach that you know there steve yeah, Corey Muscaro. Yeah, Corey he Muscaro. brings and him up. He brings him up every podcast. Every podcast. But hey, if you if you only allow two runs over a weekend, you can get another shout out. That's fine with me. And not to mention, everybody talks about Wake Forest just being a bam box, and that everybody also likes to post Miami home runs. I I like posting them too. Miami hits a good deal of home runs. Only held to two runs. I don't know how many of them were nukes, just, but I think one. Miami is a heavy hitting team. One yeah, yeah run, and to so. hold them to one home run, Yo-Yo Morales. Two, sorry, could, two homers, two homers, two Yo-Yo solo Yo-Yo Morales could legitimately hit pop outs, pop ups out of Wake Forest, no problem. And that's one because he's super strong, and two, the field isn't massive. So for their their pitching staff to not give up bombs to that lineup is impressive to me. I uh, yeah. let we will get to the SEC in a second, guys. Can we now pivot? to the Packeroni and 12 for a second sure. before we talk about it means more USA. Sure, go ahead. The University of Southern California, a fallen giant, a relic, uh, the equivalent of like the, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of a fallen empire. I don't know. The, the Ottoman Empire at the end of the uh, of the 19th century. Okay. Perfect. There's your camp. There's your camp. They seem to be maybe a little bit back. They are 7-12 and 12 in the Packeronian 12. Going over to Washington State, up to Pullman, which is the opposite of Los Angeles, and taking all three games on the road. This team might be for real, which would Not be on the road. so cool. Not on the road. Not on the road. Um, from what I can Because it tell. says that on the sheet. Oh, okay. Oh, did, did, I, did I say that? That was wrong. Oh, see that? Why did I? Why did I say that? Why did I see? That's just me. I literally got the the. I, this is me. I just I set Jake up for failure. Is what just happened, everybody. I set Jake up for failure. I don't know why I saw that. That's okay. Me. I'm less impressed by USC now. Okay. Well, <laughs> now I hate them. <laughs> Never mind. In your defense, you did throw question marks under. That's true. I did. Road? I don't know why. I I'm I'm gonna have to do some recon as to why I wrote on the road question mark question mark question mark. Um. I think I can maybe figure out what happened there, but I do know uh, that USC is 7-2 in the pack, which is not something I believe they've been able to say <laughs> in recent seasons in terms of starting their conference play. And remember, they already have the conference win, series win over Stanford. So, like, the hardest part of the season is, is already over with, and now they're in really good freaking shape to, like, maybe be a postseason team, which would be pretty sweet. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, who are the best teams out there? You got UCLA and Stanford – but I think there's a really legitimate battle for whoever gets that third spot in that conference. That's probably just a bit. Now it is still early days out there and Arizona's got a, you know, they have a strong squad as well. And I know Oregon state's a little bit down and it's still the pack. Like it's still pretty good ball, but they're putting themselves in a really good position to get a little postseason berth. And the other thing about USC is when you have programs like this that have been struggling and they get off to a hot start, I have more faith in them because it is a brand new coach because Andy Stankiewicz mm-hmm. like has just gotten there and is implementing new programs and new systems and a new culture. And so I feel better about buying into um, an improvement when there is like a reason behind it, if that makes sense. Totally agree. Steve, uh, thoughts on the sure. Trojans and then I will maybe ex- try to explain why I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I'm interested to see how they kind of manage their bullpen down the line because it it seems like they don't really have not that they don't have the starting pitching, but they haven't really extended anyone too too long. I would say on Friday's game they extended their starting pitcher. He went seven innings, ninety two pitches. But then it seems like when the starter comes out, it's like one inning per guy. Um which I think is a really good way of mixing it up. It's very uh very democratic, lets a lot of people get action, which I which I think is nice. It's fair. But uh, I'm interested to see how that looks down the line as they start extending starters a little bit longer and kind of how they sort that out. Look at us giving real uh, Pac-12 analysis. So I think what happened— got to figure out—now we just got to figure out where the teams are playing. Yeah, I think what happened—this is a <laughs> terrible excuse, but I do know why because why I saw it when I was throwing all these things in the dock. I saw Kendall Rogers' tweet, mm-hmm. which reads, Also out west, Stanky's USC baseball club did a clean sweep of Wazoo at home. And so I literally just read Wazoo at home and was like, oh, damn, Wazoo was at home and they lost. <laughs> it's like, nope, not what happened. Um, anyway, uh, but still very impressive sweep. Um, here is ready for this transition, guys. This is going to be this is going to be professional before we're still putting off the SEC. I know we started with Florida, but it's only it's only fair. Uh, Garrett Gilmet. Do you guys know about Garrett Gilmet? You know, Tell me about him. With Garrett Gilmet. <laughs> Garrett Gilmet was on USC last year, but he transferred to Texas. And Garrett Gilmet hit a walk-off home run today to help Texas sweep Texas Tech. We were super underwhelmed by Texas early in the season, and now we blink, and they've won 14 in a row, including a their first very impressive series win over Texas Tech. Um, I admittedly did not watch a ton of this uh, series. Uh, Steve, did you watch uh, much of this? Because just the results certainly caught my attention. Um, I caught the end of today's game, which was absolutely electric. Um the home i mean the walk-off home run it it gave it to you from the side angle view when he first hit it and all you saw was just his back he hits the ball very hard which is clear and then he just immediately goes into pimp job which i greatly appreciated um i think that's a great camera angle for it i had no idea where the ball was going or what the ball flight looked like but reaction alone, I was like, "Oh, the baseball game's over, and uh, Texas just won." That was that was really cool. It was also blasted. Very entertaining game on uh, Saturday, where Texas was up two runs, I believe, in the top of the ninth, and coughed up the lead, and then scored a walk off wild pitch. That's there's no uh, situation in in the world in which the word scamper. <laughs> jumps into my head quicker than a walk-off wild pitch. That is the only uh, in context in which that verb is applied, ever. I would never be like, oh, I got to scamper to the grocery store. No, the only – you didn't even scamper to second on a steal. You no. scamper uh, home on a walk-off you could, wild you, pitch. Right. You, I feel like you could skip, scamper to third on a wild pitch. It's always on like a wild pitch, but I, I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Steve thoughts on the, the word definition. Scamper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The definition of scamper, Steve, do you, have you heard that word before? Uh, I've heard the word and I don't know the definition, but I feel a good synonym that is more usable is scurried. Like, Oh, he scurried off to the store. <laughs> He'll be right it's, back. Scurried has like an animalistic quality too. When I think about it. And scurried also implies you're kind of going away from something. Like you're scurrying away. Like it's like you are escaping. Mm. Whereas okay, scampering so, can go in any direction, I feel like. 
scampering i kind of think businessman in a suit grabbing his papers leaving the office because he's late for a meeting scurrying i kind of think more scooby-doo i think ever since jake said animalistic that's uh, really sent me in the scooby-doo direction yeah and i would you would now, just never say blah blah scurried home no they scampered home they scampered home but but if it's a wild pitch they were scampering home but had to quickly scurry back to third no, base because true. the pitcher Ooh, was covered. Okay, now we're now we're if if right if if the catcher gets the ball in time, you have to scurry back. You start scampering home, but then you scurry back. I like, I love that, love that. I'm glad we. Yeah, I'm glad scampers we green, scurries red. Uh, so Texas sweeps Texas Tech. Very impressive. Texas Tech. No idea what to make of them. It's also funny because it, what it makes me think of is like <laughs> Kendall Rogers, who we love, and I feel like is the also I think the member of the D1 baseball team that listens to our podcast the least so I feel like I can say this <laughs> but I feel like every week is Kendall referring to a Texas baseball coach about how he's not worried and like rotating them so like now that Texas Tech just got stopped they'll be like oh no I'm not worried about Tim Chadlock and then when Texas was bad it's like oh no I'm not worried about Coach Pierce and then you know in Texas A&M struggling it's like oh well yeah I'm not worried about Schlosser Los Angeles it's like it's like a rotate but then when you have series like this where one of them beats the other it's like shit well what do you say you know it's tough but I understand it because these guys do have such good reputations of like figuring it out when shit's going off the off the rails um, Texas A&M by the way go to Knoxville and get swept I'm not shocked I think Tennessee's just kind of got their shit together more than Texas A&M necessarily playing poorly. Although they did blow a lead today, I believe, or, or was that yesterday where they had, they, they had it and it, it, it did not go well for the Aggies. So, uh, but anyway, just wanted to mention that. All right. Any other uh, quick series before we take a break? I mean, there were some other big, big results. I think we, Oh, we got to talk about Vandy. Vandy yeah. dug yeah. a grave. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then buried Mississippi state in the grave. And then just for good measure, they dug it out, farted in the grave, and then reburied the grave. It was an absolute dismantling of a proud program on their own turf. I can't remember the last time a team like that got pantsed so bad in front of their home crowd. It was brutal. I felt bad. Like, I felt bad for the Bulldogs by the end of it. And now It was rude. Vandy, it was a rude performance it was disrespectful <laughs> it was uh, a rough weekend for sure i think can my you imagine, favorite part can you imagine being some like hillbilly kid in mississippi who's like been dreaming of seeing mississippi state play at home like you live in the boonies somewhere in the hills of mississippi you like finally go finally get to go to starkville oh wow i get to see the uh, get to all oh, you walk into the dude oh my god and then vanderbilt the city slickers just rip you to pieces tough tough tickets i think my favorite part was uh whenever enrique bradfield hit a home run the announcer liked to pretend that it was like just a barely barely a wall scraper like he hit a home run 410 feet that the announcer goes and here is a lazy fly ball that hits into the jet stream and it is gone and he like sounded so confused it was like it first of all contact sounded like a cannon and then it went 410 feet it's not wind aided the um the progression of the mississippi state broadcast over the course of the weekend was really something because 
I mean, look, it's not like they don't know that it's dark, you know, dark times, but like it was again, what, 26 to three. And, and coming into the weekend, what I said on Thursday was like, okay, either Mississippi State can show one last sign of life and it's like, all right, now we go. Or this will be the ultimate, you know, adios. And it was even worse than I ever could have possibly imagined. <laughs> Giving up. Now, listen, Vanderbilt is clearly a very, very good team, right? But the, it was not exactly like an offensive juggernaut. And they went into Starkville and scored, what is this, 45 runs, 55 runs? In three games, I mean, what, what the, what the fuck, man? This is not okay. It can't happen. <laughs> not okay. So anyway, but Vandy's awesome too. I mean, they, this is for them. Like, even if it's against worse pitching, like now if we're gonna let the bats heat up, we're gonna let Bradfield heat up, who really hasn't done anything until this weekend. Like now, now we're really scared of Vanderbilt. Um, the other SEC thing we have to mention is is South Carolina, which who swept Mizzou. We were excited to watch that series. I watched a lot of that series. Some really good close games, and I think Mizzou was in it. And I think, you know, the home team definitely had the edge here and South Carolina hit the ball over the fence when they when they needed to. I was I was impressed with them. And now it's like you really got to take South Carolina seriously. So, you know, tough result for me, yeah. but I wouldn't say they embarrassed themselves. Steve, is that, does that seem fair? No, they played well. I would say the only game that was kind of a ass kicking was Saturday when they lost eight to one. But what I really liked out of this was we kind of get to see how resilient South Carolina is going to be, because in college baseball, I feel like the most important thing you can be as a team is resilient because things aren't always going to go your way. You're going to need to be able to take it on the chin and bounce back. And they had a few come from behind wins. Like on Friday, I think they were trailing by three in the ninth and they came back and won it. And another thing I love is Friday, Saturday and Sunday. um, Petrie. I can't remember his first name. Yeah, Ethan Petrie homered in every game, and then on Sunday's game, he had a two-run home run in the eighth to tie it up at four, and then in the twelfth, he delivered a walk-off single, which was sick. Yeah, he's he's really good. Um, they're 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 legit, man. I'm I'm very impressed with them. All right, two more quick ones, and then we got to take a break. Hey, your picks weren't yes. amazing, mm-hmm. but they were not. You nailed Sam Houston, baby. And the Bearcats showed up hand in Grand Canyon. Their first whack series loss since 2019. How about that? Um, I know the Bearcats, it was an uneven performance, but on the road, got the job done. Let's eat them up cats, baby. Eat them up cats. I'm all in. All in on the cats. And at... As someone who supports the Cats as much as I do, I feel I can say this and the team won't hate me for it. Friday wasn't our night. We we pitched like our that. night. We did. You hear this we, guy? <laughs> we walked 13. Um, we got to clean that up because when we clean that up, when we clean that up, we do great things. And and also well, they, they do great things. No, no, no. We, we, we watch. And also um, really tried to lose that game on Saturday, too. But you know what? <laughs> Sometimes the resiliency is against your own ineptitude, and that is what they managed to do <laughs> scoring in both the top of the 10th and the top of the 12th to win that one in just a, a just, just fantastic action there. The 12 hits, 17, 12 runs on 17 hits with four errors is just a great way to, to squeeze out the dub. It would be a problem if we had waction and make them feel you. That's a, that's a very tough question. Ugh, that's a combo. That's not safe for work. No. Uh, what was the last thing you were to talk about, Jordan? Cornell, baby. Last oh, yeah. few weeks, we've been saying 
you yeah. know, in the in the parts of the Midwest they call it bags. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I was like, what are you what are you referring to here? Uh, Cornell. Cor- Cornell. Cornell. Uh, we right. have been anxiously awaiting uh, the team with the the, the longest winless uh, streak in the nation. And we looked at Cornell, who was, I believe, 0 and 12 before this weekend, and we said, "Is this going to happen? They got to go on the road to Yale. Oh, on the road to Yale? How are they going to get this one done? Oh, no problem. Are they going to eat? They're going to eat too much pizza right, the exactly. night before. They're going to be full of uh, Pepe's pizza, pizza, pizza. But, but, but instead, the 0 and 12 was no problem as they went out and won the series opener, and ultimately. The series finale as well, winning the road series at Yale. So congratulations to the Cornell Big Red. No longer winless, which leaves us with no more winless teams in Division One Baseball, congrats to every team who has now won a baseball game. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll give you our favorite moments and players of the past week. Today's episode is brought to you by Mountain Dew. You're about to find out why. Thank you to Mountain Dew for being our very real sponsor. Not very real, but what is real is that we did witness a large Mountain Dew make an appearance during a college baseball game. Not necessarily a beverage you would expect to see, certainly on the field, um, during a game. So, Steve, I'll let you take it away as we... Head on down to the, I forget what conference this is, but uh, our good friends over at hashtag Let's Go P gave us a performance uh, to remember this weekend against Liberty. So we're down in Lynchburg, Virginia, where Let's Go P is taking on the Liberty Flames. Now, you don't want to pee flames. You don't want that um, just first off, right off the bat. If you're doing that, go to a doctor. But... Unfortunately, after this performance, that may be the case because the scene is first inning. Jackie Robinson, the left-handed pitcher for Austin P, not Ex- the other. Me? <laughs> Look, man, I can't do anything about this kid's name. Yeah, someone, someone about twenty years ago chose that, and that's their this choice. This is a longer mine. conversation that we're not going to have here, but there is a white kid on Austin P named Jackie Robinson. Okay. That's it. Let's not just move and forward. E- even if he wasn't involved on the on the play, I would have to bring that up. But he gave up a home run in the first inning to Nathan Keeter for um, <clears throat> Liberty, in which Keeter, after touching home plate, kind of stares in the P dugout for a little bit too long, I would say. And Jackie Robinson leaves the game with an injury. Um, I don't know what the injury was. I just know he left the game. And they retired his number promptly after. And then in the third inning, Peyton Jola, Jola is pitching, and he almost hits Nathan Keeter in the head. Um, it looked a little intentional. When it was brought to my attention, someone said, oh, he missed up and in. And I reported up and in. It was it was pretty close to the head. Um, but anyway, he didn't hit him. The umpires were like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, the home plate umpire clearly looks a little confused. The Liberty dugout's pretty pissed off. So the home plate umpire meets with the other umpires, and I guess they're like, hey, uh, wait, that looked pretty intentional. Should we toss him? Should we not toss him? 
And the home plate ump's like, you know what? We'll just do it. We toss him. And so he gets tossed, and then Roland Fanning, the head coach, comes out to argue the getting tossed. And while arguing getting tossed, he himself gets tossed, and he gathers his things from the dugout and comes back out to talk to the umpire one last time. He's got his backpack on, his pullover, ready to go, and he's just got a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew in his hand, and he's just casually sipping it while the umpire is, like, writing in his little notebook. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw the picture, but it's a hilarious picture of him just taking a swig of Mountain Dew while the umpire looks so pissed off. It reminds me of that meme where the little kid's following the girl around with a trumpet and she's covering her ears. It it's just such a beautiful moment in college baseball and at the time of this the score was eight to five in the third inning pay went on to p went on to win 18 to 15 and it was their only win of the weekend so i think the theatrics fired the boys up after the win you can see (laughs) you can see three uh three people from beyond the fence i can't confirm or deny whether it's the coach pitcher and catcher who were supposed to be off the premises um just going ballistic beyond the fence and the people from the pay dug p dugout are pointing with them everybody's laughing having a great time but as you guys had asked you wondered where this two liter of mountain dew just kind of appeared from so in my investigative reporting, I reached out to head coach Roland Flanning, who he is an interesting cat. I am in this guy's corner 100%. He's a fun guy to talk to. Um, he, he rocks a sick faux hawk. It's really fun. But he goes, yeah, there was a Sheets right next to our hotel, and I really love Mountain Dew. So I went over to buy some, and they had two cold options. One was a small 20-ouncer or a cold 2-liter. So he bought the 2-liter, which... I gotta, I gotta respect that because, as a human, how many times do we go to a gas station looking for soda, and there's a cold two liter waiting for us? It's rare. You gotta capitalize in those moments. It's like walking down the street and finding a solid gold ring with a fat diamond on it. You know, this is actually a really good point. So, I've never really thought about that. That that the two, two liters, liters are of, never refrigerated. That is, and the thing with buying a two liter of Mountain Dew is that you can then power your car with it if <laughs> if your car dies and the bus while you're at it i mean this is yeah and and if yeah but but the i i forgot to mention it was diet mountain dew so it's actually good for him oh, um okay which many people don't know it's the healthy option diet um, ma- a two liters of diet mountain dew is an amazing thing to purchase because you're saying i'm a health conscious insane person <laughs> I care about the calories, but not about bringing my heart to a standstill. It really is like, I, like you just don't think about, like when you think about beverages being consumed during a game, certainly by coaches, right? It's, pre, it's a pretty, usually a pretty limited scope. If it's cold, sure, you will maybe see some coffee. Right, maybe if you, even in the big leagues, you'll see guys you have coffee, and okay, we obviously know Gatorade, and they go water, or maybe you'll, <laughs> Jake, as we know, you'll see in major league dugouts, kind of like a mystery combination Liquid. of uh, you know uh, water with whatever flavoring. Yeah, exactly. Fine, but 
you don't often just see giant bottles of soda <laughs> certainly not for players but like with the brand that's so obviously the brand i mean that's also what helps mountain dew you know exactly what that is right well, you don't even need the brand sticker exactly it's just, again it's like nuclear green exactly um but it was it's it's an amazing clip i love that they also just back to the ejection um ejecting the catcher feels pretty rare and uncommon for throwing it guys uh so i think that also kind of kind of spice things up here but uh, it's it's, a, it's just a tremendous performance all around. I think, um, and I think you, honestly, watching the clip back, like even the umpires seemed to be mildly amused by this. So uh, it was <laughs> it was just uh, well well done all around. Everybody, everyone did a great job here. So um, congrats to them. Uh, I will say, I think Liberty won on a walk off today. So Flames may have gotten the last lap, but Austin P. We will continue to hashtag Let's Go P. for all season long. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to drink Mountain Dew as a Liberty student. That was Isn't the that other one of the thing. things that's against trying, the rules, right? <laughs> right? Trying, trying to make some, uh, I think that's more of a, B, I, a BYU problem than a Liberty okay. problem. <laughs> um, I just love this because literally every school I played at, I would make the joke to the trainers that we would play better if our coolers were full of Mountain Dew. I just, well, I wish I knew about his... Uh, Affliction for Mountain Dew when I was making my recruiting decisions back in the day. Hey, Mom, Dad, I'm going to go to Austin P. <laughs> Why? P and Mountain Why? Because of Mountain Dew. Uh, uh, so, shouts <laughs> out to the P boys. We yes. love to see it. Let's move on to one of my favorite videos I saw on Steve's feed this weekend, courtesy of the Campbell Camels. Campbell Camels, Steve. Um, this is a video appropriately from an account. <laughs> called at fully caffeinated <laughs> nice little transition there um, what am i seeing in this video so, which you captioned this is college baseball so what you're looking at is prior to their game against radford the red hot campbell camels um we have jackson thompson taking a knee while andrew schultz walks onto the scene they have all the team's bats right in front of them and Andrew Schultz walks out with a monster. It's a low-carb, zero-sugar monster, the white one. It's a great one to drink before baseball games. Got to give him a shout-out for phenomenal taste. Um, but Schultz pours uh, Thompson a little cup of Mountain or of the monster. Um, Thompson takes a sip, immediately looks up, does a spit tank, spits it all out, all over the bat. And while this is happening, Schultz is dunking the rest of the monster on the bats. And then he takes he takes the can in his hand and just crushes it with his other fist while pointing it at Thompson's face. And none of it makes sense. But at the end of the day, the Camels are 19-3. and three. They have a team average of 323 and outscore opponents 234 to 133. So I think it's working. Whatever so they're doing with those bats, am... keep it up. I'm. I don't do religion, really. Um, I'm a Jewish. Uh, I guess that's a religion. But I, I, there seemed to be some Catholicism involved with the blessing of these bats involving like holy water, right? You went to Catholic high school, Steve. If I am I on the right track? And also, some like knighting. yeah, you're on the right track. <laughs> it's like yeah, some, yeah. I, I did forget the knighting part, so I feel like it could be linked to both the queen and the queen. Of course, has links to. Roman Catholicism, I think. I don't I don't know. How and Campbell, that works. Campbell Baseball. And Campbell Baseball. My favorite yeah. part of this is that it's clear how planned it was. 
It was like, okay, so you're going to kneel. You're going to say some stuff. I'm going to hand you a cup. You're going to hold it in your mouth. I'm going to pour some stuff in, and you're going to spit it. I'll knight you at some point as well. It was all very planned out, but each next absurd thing didn't actually make sense. But they had it ready, perfect to go. Last thought. Pouring the monster on the bats, getting that on the handle, I'd be pissed. That's like... I guess it is just pine tar. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, it could just act as a, as a nice yeah. substitute. Don't you want them? To- <laughs> it does seem like <laughs> extra sticky. Um, so. It's like, oh, dude, you you made the object I need to grip well sticky. Damn it. <laughs> but it's like the wrong kind of sticky. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good question. I'd, I'd be curious if that had something to yeah, do that- with the, the strategy here. So, um, But, yeah, again, like, but, but the, the point is, as with any stupid baseball nonsense, hey, if it works, like you, if you're Radford over there and you're watching these clowns doing this, and you're like, "What? Well, look at these losers!" And they put up sixty runs on you in the weekend. You're like, "Well, shit, maybe we should try that." Um, anyway, uh, last moment, I think we we have to talk about our game. Uh, let's let's leave the D1 ranks and talk about some PSAC action. Mercyhurst and Slippery Rock. Two of the best uh, D2 programs. They produce big leaguers. Seems like they're both having uh, something of a down year. But, uh, Steve, they played a nice little ball game today, didn't they? They spent a nice little long afternoon at the yard playing some playing some innings of baseball, didn't they? Yeah, they got stuck in extra inning purgatory, which, again, not super religious, but purgatory is like a state of limbo where you don't know where you're going next or what's going to happen to you. But people and- love limbo. Yeah, not the fun limbo. I'm tall, and I got back problems. I I hate limbo. I'll go on the record saying that. I'll Damn. die on that. He said it. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve, what happened in this ballgame? 20 innings of baseball happened. That is so many innings of baseball. I'm very fortunate to be friends with their pitching coach, Zach Guth, who alerted me in the 19th. I get a text message that uh, says, hey, we're going into the 20th inning. And then the next test message was, we just got a guy hot in the pen for the 21st. He's our guy that throws 96. <laughs> Fortunately, Mercyhurst walked it off in the 20th with a fly ball or a line drive to right field. Um, in the walk-off video, it's actually great. They're playing Slippery Rock, but there were no Slippery Rocks except on the mound where you see two of their, I'm assuming, a bullpen guy and another bullpen guy trip over the mound which is just hilarious and they bounce right back up and join the celebrations but i mean i would be that happy when five and a half hours of just about anything ended probably so five and a half hour game now we've seen crazy games like this where they go a long way or even if it's not any game really long and normally it's like oh my god they combined for 50,000 hits and 18 homers and all these things. Two to one. Both teams scored a run in the sixth. There were two extra base hits in 20 innings. Slippery Rock only managed five hits in 20 innings. Now, they did manage 12 walks and also struck out 23 times on the day. (laughs) But, like, I just can't get over the pitching performance from both sides here. I mean, and and presumably the defense, too. Zero errors. Zero errors in 20 innings of college baseball. I don't care if it's on turf. That is an achievement in and of itself. Um, So congratulations to both of these teams for putting on an absolute snooze fest, but also a clinic. Showing people how to play tight, close 
baseball games. But congrats to Mercyhurst for getting that sweet dub in the bottom of the 20th. All right, let's run through our favorite individual performances, uh, and then we will say goodbye. Guys, Dylan Cruz, ever heard of him? Mm. So here's the thing. Dylan Cruz mm-hmm. is uh, fucking unbelievable. He has the uh, best OPS in the country, blah, blah, blah. He's hitting like five. He's hitting 531. Hitting 531 through like 35% of the season. Absolutely insane. However, I actually want to shout out Tommy White because Tommy White appears to be awakening. And as much as we've watched LSU have so many, you know, Jared Jones is doing cool shit. And of course, Cruz, you know, Morgan has started to have some moments and some of these other young guys. Tommy White, at times during the early parts of the season, has looked downright bad. But now it seems like it's starting to click for him. Had some monster home runs this weekend after going 0 for 5 on Friday, I believe. Um, and just, I mean, if he's if he's rolling now, it's just absolutely terrifying for this lineup. So good to see Tommy White get going. He uh, hit an absolute tank, McTankowitz, I believe, in the first game. Yes, yesterday. he had like, because remember last year, like when Tommy White, every single home run was to center. Right. Or to right center. Um, but this one was like pulled just to the left of center field. Absolute rocket. And then he had a more classic 2023 pop-up to right field that was also – that was his grand slam. So, um, Phil Cruz is the best player in college baseball, but um, Tommy White might be heating up. Uh, Steve, you want to talk about Chris Armstrong? Because this was fucking crazy as well. Yeah, so Chris Armstrong had – I'll just get into it from the top. This weekend, he had six home runs and 15 RBIs against Central Arkansas for Jacksonville University. Now, <clears throat> this is impressive in itself. He is a graduate transfer from the University of Florida. Their website won't tell you that. And it's actually kind of funny because I love when colleges pretend like a baseball career did not happen because that happened to me briefly with my App State time. That was wiped off the face of the earth and I was burned and blacklisted from. Um, but it just Steve, says prior Steve, to Steve, hold on, Jake, this is for you. Steve used to be an app state baseball player and then he got burned. <laughs> wow. Jordan. <laughs> yes. I don't even think Steve gets that, is that reference. Burn notice? Oh, burn notice. Is that burn anyway. notice? Come on. Come on. You uh, look at you guys. You watch TV. No, I am proud of you. All right. Guys. Love, love you. Both. All right. Proud. Go ahead. Continue. Chris Armstrong. No, but, but great call. Great call. You're right. And here's the funniest part. Actually, I continue. And then, and then I think we'll make the same comment about his bio on, on the Jacksonville. Website. The fact that it says prior to Jacksonville got three hits against us. It says prior to Jacksonville went three for three against Jacksonville, March 8, 2022. <laughs> and then it lists some other things. And then it says played an SEC tournament four years. As for with who? Who's to say? He played the world beyond only right field. exists in Jacksonville. Played at the SEC tournament. He rolled down the grass, um, all of that. He only played one game in his collegiate career, and it was against Jacksonville. All all of his 266 average at Florida with 12 bombs doesn't matter anymore. But I he he's just been killing it. And so right now he's sitting at he's hitting 340 with 16 bombs. And at 208 p.m. Eastern time today, he hit a home run to be his 16th home run. It was his third of the day, and it tied him for the national lead with Jack Caglione, his former teammate. Then an hour later, one hour later, Jack Haglione hits another home run, so he's sitting back alone. He's at 17, but 
That's your friend, man. That's your former teammate. I'm assuming you've done beers with that guy, and you only give him an hour in the limelight? Well, Jack was, and, Jack was a freshman last year. I don't think he was doing any underage drinking oh, never mind. Uh, at, at the University of Florida. So let's just, let's just put they that on there. They don't drink there. Um, never mind. They aren't, they aren't uh, drinking. You mean root be- ginger beers. They're drinking Mountain Dew, dugout Mountain Dews. They were watching highlights of Seth beer. Yeah, that's to learn that's how to hit I'm home runs about. in college. Okay, I need to say a few more things about this performance. Um, saying that he had this is another good example, Steve. So you said he had six home runs and fifteen RBIs over the weekend. Um, he went one for four on Friday with zero RBIs and zero home runs. So what you should be saying is that he had back to back three home run games, which I am looking up right now. I'm not sure has ever happened in the major leagues. Like I, I don't know. Like that is fucking bananas. Three three home runs in two straight games. But the other thing is, we have to go back to the bio here because not only there, can we laugh at prior to Jacksonville, because you also have personal, where they tell us that his father Jack played at Ryder University, and his brother Jack played at Vanderbilt, and his other brother Eric. Played at UC Santa Barbara. They even tell us that his sister Jessica played volleyball at Jacksonville. Okay, great. All we know where all of his family used to play. But for him, <laughs> that's, Don't ask. that's the black sheep out. of the family. That's for you to figure out. So anyway, Chris Armstrong, and also like when you hit six home runs in two games, it's like, oh, holy shit! Now you suddenly are second in the country. Um, speaking of which, this is a good time to just mention the current home run uh, leaderboard, which, as we have said, is, is led by Jack Haglione. Uh, now followed uh, just by Mr. Armstrong there with 16. And then we had a bunch of guys coming into the day that had 13. Cam Fisher at Charlotte, Shane Lewis at Troy, Rock Wilkin, uh, Wake Forest, Gavin Cassis at South Carolina, and Mac Horvath at North Carolina. Ethan Petrie right behind him with 12. Jake Tyser also with 12. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at now. But, I mean, Caglione's the guy. I mean, the, the, he's, the, he's the dude. So... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be up to him, and then we'll see as conference play continues. Uh, who can who can possibly catch him? Any thoughts on any of those guys, Steve? Before we uh, wrap it up here, they're just all very fun to watch hit home runs. I mean, it, it's been great. I I love seeing Gavin Casas just belt the ball. He he just keeps getting his pretty woman moments, and that makes me happy. So he's got I'm, nice I'm thrilled hips. with that. He's got big birthing hips. I like his hips really rotating those things through. Big big hips guy. Big hips guy. Uh, But yes, I was going to look up and just check again when the South Carolina Vanderbilt series is going to happen because I'm looking forward to that. I guess that doesn't happen until middle of April. Um, But all right, I think we should cut it here. Oh, shouts out to uh, Blaine Traxel. That's a good note to end on. (laughs) Blaine Traxel threw another complete game. I love this dude. He was wearing a like a do-rag, I guess, in honor of Marcus Stroman. He is listed at 5'10". There is no way this dude's 5'10", uh, which is one thing I have to say. But he's just throwing from all kinds of different arm slots and has now thrown uh, four complete games in his first six starts with another one uh, in 100. And only 109 pitches is pretty good against Xavier. But I like that they're making this a thing. Like, West Virginia is pumping out content specifically devoted to Blaine Traxel throwing complete games. And so I feel like they're invested in continuing to keep that up, which is which is fantastic. It's, 
he's just like a throwback pitcher to the 1900s when college baseball teams only had nine guys. And, you know, it was like, yeah, he's our pitcher. And it's not like, oh, he's a pitcher and this is our setup guy and this is our left-handed specialist. It's just, no, he's a pitcher. Um, the left-handed specialist is um, he'll drop down for some pitches and he'll be the specialist from there. And then um, as a closer, as a closer, he'll uh, change his arm slots there um, too. But we're just going to roll him out there. Um, bullpen, stay in the dugout all game. We need you engaged, charting Blaine, um, and just get him what he needs. Yeah, as, as we saw, I believe one of his teammates say in one of those hype videos, get off the tracks. <laughs> Blaine's coming. <laughs> so we love it. <laughs> we're rooting for you, Blaine. Keep on chucking. Uh, I think that is a good note to end on. Steve, take us home. What, uh, what, what <clears throat> final thoughts on this episode of the Shock Factor before we say goodbye and goodnight? I just think it was a fun weekend of college baseball, as I always think. I think the sweeps were hot. Um, The sweeps were awesome. There were a lot of good sweeps and a lot of unexpected wins, some good upsets that I think were really good. I I would say it was a pretty good week for upsets. I mean, Texas beating Texas Tech and, you know, Grand Canyon falling to Sam Houston was cool. I mean, just a ton of cool, unexpected things in college baseball, and I can't wait to see what cool shit happens next week. Amen, brother. Thank you all for listening. We will be back probably not to another live stream this week, but hopefully we'll do that again soon. So we will talk to you next weekend here on the Shock Factor. LSU, Tennessee. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. See you Thursday. Opening day. For LSU, Tennessee. (laughs) Yes.